this is Chris Wendelkin, and you're listening to On the Line, a new podcast where I call friends living around the country to talk NBA hoops, uh, life, politics, gambling, whatever else I want. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, real quick, we are online uh, on Twitter. If you're interested in following us on social media, please tweet at us. Uh, you can find us at on the line underscore pod. That's at on the line underscore pod. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email and let us know you like the show, have any ideas, suggestions, whatever it is, feel free to do that. On the line pod at gmail.com. That's on the line pod at gmail.com. Finally, if you really like the show, uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us out a lot, especially as a new podcast gaining a little traction on the internet. Uh, without further ado, um, we spoke to my friend Tony Hartman today. Tony's a uh, a big time Cavaliers fan. He's out in Los Angeles doing all things digital media and um, really fun to talk to him about the trades since the deadline went down. So without further ado, let's give Tony Hartman a call. Hello. On the line, my good friend out in Los Angeles. He is a digital savant and a huge uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Uh, without further ado, Tony Hartman, what's going on? What's going on, man? How um, are you? I'm doing well. You know, just wrapping up the work day, yeah. working on some some digital content, like always. <laughs> Dude, you're uh, you're a content king, so it's hardly surprising. Well, I I can't claim that because, as most know, content is king. Content is king. That's right. That's right. Oh God, dude, what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to since since we last talked? I, I, you know, I moved out uh, to New York two months ago. I guess right when we were talking, we I was waiting on Isaiah Thomas coming back, and it feels like since you know the shit has totally hit the fan since then. But how have you been? Um, I, I feel like. I spent the past couple months just trying to make up for a, a pretty bunk 2017. I think a lot of people yeah. probably had pretty lame 2017s. Yeah, man. So kind of just, you know, resetting some things, but yeah. uh, feeling a little better. I, I like where things are going, and I like where things are going with uh, what I think we're going to discuss a lot today, which is the Cavs. So let's let's hop right into it. And I, I mean, we don't have a ton of time, but like, give me um, a breakdown of the trade downline, what you thought. So so to review for the audience, uh, the Cavs traded Isaiah Thomas for a package of Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance. Um, it was IT Channing Frye and a, a first round pick. And then they also acquired Rodney Hood, George Hill, uh, and going out was Crowder, Derek Rose, Shumpert, and a second round pick. And then they also sent Dwayne Wade back to the Heat. So give me a give me a um quick, quick, you know, state of the union of the Cavs, what you're thinking. So it was definitely, I think, the most insane trade deadline day possibly in as a Cavs fan, like possibly yeah. in Cavs history. The most memorable trade deadline day prior to this was I remember when uh 2010, when I, I was still in college uh-huh. at Kent State. And they traded for Antoine Jameson. Oh, dude! And yes. I remember, I remember standards of like players around LeBron at that time were so low that like I just remember like <laughs> calling like an emergency <sighs> meeting with a couple other guys on campus. Like we got to talk about this trade, like because you know we wanted Stoudemire at the time, and right? Got Jameson. And well, for some reason, like I just remember being like, "This is it, this championship. Yeah. We got Jameson." So it, um, Stoudemire was like the big fish that everyone wanted, right? It wasn't like Stoudemire and who was the other guy that was like rumored that was like going to be a free agent a year away that teams started like thinking they could trade for. Was it, it was Stoudemire and not Shaq? Was it? No, we had Shaq. We okay. had Shaq. You Cleveland. had Shaq. At that point. Um, 
which was relatively more effective than having Isaiah Thomas in Cleveland. Oh, um, but, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I only remember Amari being like the dream ticket at okay. that time. Yeah. And I think if they would have pulled the trick, no, no, I don't. I was going to say I think LeBron would would have stuck around, but I, I think the the Heat thing was well in motion for for quite some right, time at right, that point. Right. 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 So um, at this point, the Cavs were like this is the first time they like could see like the grim reaper, like in the rear view mirror that like LeBron is a year away from free agency. And we have to start getting this team to be like <laughs> special or he's going to leave us potentially. I don't know. I, it feels so different this year than yeah. it did then because yeah. then it was just like, we just had LeBron and nothing else mattered. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that's kind of still true to an extent. Um, but w- with this year, yeah, obviously like craziest trade, de- trade deadline moves I could have imagined. Um, I wasn't, s- I saw the value in getting Deandre Jordan, but I wasn't super on board with that being the thing. Yeah. I think these like, it's weird to call them smaller moves, but these like smaller acquisitions, no. just getting younger. It's depth. Um, it feels like they just got deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy to think of because when the original, you know, uh, cabs, 2018 1.0 was put together that was a pretty deep team but it didn't work and i think the reason this is going to work and why i think that this is gonna be more sustainable is the Cavs kind of put together like a clippers type team with just all these like random people that were stars you know like five plus years ago right and just expected it to work but when it didn't work they fixed it the clippers and you know like like the nets kind of put together a team like that they yeah. never really fixed it yeah. um so i i feel really good about it i love larry dance jr he's another akron guy um, yeah. my brothers have, have seen him at starbucks before um which <laughs> is, is a pretty pretty <laughs> cool boat ridiculous Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, wait, um, they've seen Larry Nance at Starbucks uh, since the trade or like back in the day? Prior. That's for some reason they go to when when he was a Laker. My brothers just always be like, well, you know, you get to watch Larry Nance Jr. out there. And, and we saw him at Starbucks one time. Wow. So that's always and it should be noted that it was both one of the times it was both junior and senior. Jesus. In the sa- yeah. Hey, yeah, real so quick. That's, do you know that's the, a big deal. what's the does does Nance Jr. have a go to Starbucks order that you know of? No, but I can imagine it's pretty healthy yeah i think like he's he's a dude that takes care of himself but for sure the fact that he's so excited to be home is really exciting he's you know he's a really fiery uh athletic player uh couldn't be more excited about him and i love jordan clarkson i think he he looks great was he looks great and he's the kind of point guard i know he i think his rookie year was that disaster uh steve nash dwight howard season was it really um i think so or he's been in the league that long but i definitely think there he benefited from just being around like steve nash like even when he wasn't playing i think he just learned kind of that point guard style and it's i just thought lebron's really excited to have he looks awesome i mean i i i mean i i've only seen um i so i saw the game the Cavs played against the celtics i haven't um had a chance to look at the okc game they played the other night but i'm gonna go back and and rewatch that but just based on the celtics game uh, i mean uh clarkson looked great I would say, like, of of all the players they acquired, he looks like, oh, this could be, is he like a, 
I don't know. Does does he have some JR in him? You know what I mean? Isn't he like kind of like a combo guard that can hit threes and get to the rim? Isn't that essentially what he is? He is. He's equally, I'd say, JR, um, a little bit Steve Nash, and yeah. a little bit Bruno Mars. He's got <laughs> the Bruno Mars pizzazz that I think the Love team it. needed. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, let me ask you, uh, just to hop back. So we were talking about Antoine Jameson before. So if you could take the temperature of the, the Cavs fan base then and now, was the was was I'm just curious. Was the fan base in 2010? He uh, LeBron left for the Heat in 2010, right? Or was it 2011? Yes. Were they as nervous that year as they are this year? Is there as much? Is there more anxiety or less anxiety this time around that he could potentially go? I'd say it's equal. Yeah. Um, I I think people took LeBron for granted. I was going to say way did, more did back they, then. Did, did it seem possible that he could leave the Cavs in 2010? Yes, it did. Um, okay. And, like and people when he knew, did, people knew he had a wandering eye and like was like flirting and entertaining, right? I mean, it feels well, so long ago at this point. I kind of forget. Well, you probably remember pretty well as a Knicks fan that yeah. like, that was always it was always like like every time he local... would go to a city, he would do a press yep. conference and like like he would flatter the media. Or oh, you know, I've always loved playing in Madison square garden or you know where wherever he was that night yeah it was like the the you know small town kid right. big city right big city lights alert and it, it was so funny when he just did the total opposite and like was like you know what i'm gonna go play in miami with my friends because i'm right. 25 and right. you know this is gonna be awesome yeah um yeah i think the fan base this time around one you know my take on this which i'm glad to talk a little bit about i don't think he's going anywhere ever again wow however yeah. I think the fan base at this point, at least the smart ones, which which there are some, um, there's still a lot of doom and gloom Cavs fans, yeah. maybe more than ever, even yeah. after the championship, which is like kind of offensive and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, but I think there's a lot of people that will be like, if he leaves again, he delivered on what he said he was going to do. Yeah. And it's it's 100% because he's just, he can't gel with this ownership. Gilbert and, sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, I think... A lot of the Dan Gilbert, you know, uh, slander is blown out of proportion. And I don't think like everybody says, like Dan Gilbert wants to be this like Jerry Jones face of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, owner. I think that has to be he, he can't be that dumb because he has to know that if he is known as the owner that ran LeBron out of town, not once, but twice and expected the fan base to forgive him. He's, you know, he's going to be, he's going to go down as much more infamous than famous in Cleveland. And I, he could he'd essentially be another art model. And I think he's at least smart enough to know. Uh, he doesn't that, want that. Yeah, it's not advantageous. I, I very much believe LeBron re-signs and Dan Gilbert's going to sell the team with LeBron at a much heftier price tag than, you know, selling it without him. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I just think that, um, first of all, like, I am for LeBron staying in Cleveland. I, I, I just, I, I like the story. I think it makes sense, but I... I and where, where else makes any sense? Like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I mean, I, I, I don't know where else makes sense. Yeah, I, people I don't say, know. People say Houston, Houston I... Houston makes sense for basketball reasons, but right. do you really think he's going to go play for less money, which he said he'd never do again, with his, Chris Paul, who's the head of the Players Union, who is like kind of sole job aside from playing basketball is to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen. Right. And I don't think a lot of people take that into consideration. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm very curious. Um, the Lakers look better. They just look younger. They look like they have more like pep in their step. Uh, with the with the new, they're fun, but them. they yeah, but they traded away like 
to, I guess Clarkson, I understand for money reasons and because they have a lot of point guards. Yeah. Um, but like why people say like Lakers fans, I've heard say like it's a steal because they got like the Cavs first round pick. Are you really going to get a player as good as Larry Nance Jr. with that? I don't think so, but no. we'll see. All right, so that's the Cavs. We'll we'll circle back on the Cavs, but you know, you lived in New York. You lived in New York for a few years. Um, it, I would be remiss if we talked and we somehow didn't, you know, bring up Porzingis and the the ACL injury. Um, did you see it? I didn't see. It. I I if I don't see an injury live, I will do anything I can to, to avoid to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't really need to see it. And it actually wasn't that gross. You know, as far as like gross sports, sports injuries, I I've seen a lot worse, but, um, I was saying last week to my friend, Matt, like, I feel like Porzingis is just one of those guys who's just so big and gangly that I'm almost surprised at this point that it hasn't happened. <laughs> like, he doesn't look, he doesn't look like a person that has bones. He's, oh, he's very, he's very, Veggie Tales character shaped. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's seven foot three, and every time he runs or jumps, you like just hold your breath and you pray to God yeah. that he's not gonna like snap in half when he lands on the ground. So, you know, what else with what else is new with the Knicks? They're kind of like just a sad sack franchise. Um, they acquired Emmanuel Mudiay at the deadline. He had a good game. He had a double double his first game with the Knicks. He only played nineteen minutes the other night. I'm not you know, whatever. I'm not super optimistic about Moutier sticking with the Knicks, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. How, you, you have any feelings on uh, the state of the Knicks right now? Man, I just feel bad. Like yeah. as a franchise, you know, it's coming from a family of Cleveland Browns fans. Um, I kind of feel, are the Knicks the Browns of the NBA? <laughs> the Browns never had a mellow, like the Browns and certainly haven't had a Porzingis either. So I don't know if you can compare the two, Yeah, but like, the the Knicks fans are the like most understandably angry fan base probably in sports at this point. Was there at any point of the season when you were optimistic, optimistic? and excited? Um, yeah, I'm um, honestly the first twenty or so games of the season. Um, you know, like Tim Hardaway was just like shooting his mind out. You know, they yeah. you know they just traded Mello. Um, they handed the keys to the franchise to Porzingis. They just gave Tim Hardaway Jr. this huge contract, and he was actually performing. He was playing really hard, and there was like reasons to be optimistic. Um, I think everyone feels Nilakina is like a work in progress. That guy's not going to happen overnight. I, I, he's 19 years old. You know, he's de- defensively he has like a lot of energy. He plays with a lot of spirit and heart. His offensive game is like a work in progress, to say the least. He doesn't really have a jump shot, but I'm not really I'm not really worried about him. So, yeah, there were reasons to be optimistic, but then they just started slowing down. Porzingis would have these, like, little injuries here and there. Then he started complaining about being tired, which was, like, kind of concerning. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, it's tw- it's the 25th game of the year. Please don't tell me that you're tired. You know, That's like, odd. That's Yeah, that's odd yeah. for a young NBA yeah. player, yeah, for it's, sure. It's like you're 22. Um, and then, uh, yeah. You know, it's just I, I I think the Knicks have this thing where they always try. They, they're just afraid of being a little bit mediocre. You know, from like they're or I should say they're afraid of like developing talent. That's like their yeah. biggest mistake of the last twenty years is that they can't handle. They they always want to be the eighth seed in the playoffs. You know what I mean? As opposed to just like just develop, just be bad. Don't be in such a rush. And yeah. I think they made a mistake at the deadline by not pairing off some of the roster. They have a couple of veteran pieces that would be useful around the league, like 
Kylo Quinn. Um, I don't know why they hung on to him. I don't know why they are hanging on to Jared Jack while he, why Jared Jack is still getting minutes. Um, they could have even moved Cantor. I mean, I know he's making a shit ton of money, but he's playing, he's playing well. I'm sure they could have found some desperate team, you know, in the sixth or seventh seed in the East or the West to maybe take on his money. But what if for he whatever seems, reason, yeah, they, he they seems him. destined to be dumped to the Lakers for like oh, a potential, doesn't yeah, he? Like, yeah, I can't dude. believe that didn't happen. Yeah. Good call. Um, also I'll say about the Knicks and this is probably like a no brainer as a Knicks fan, but like, how much would it have made sense? Sands giving up Porzingis if somehow the Knicks could have pulled off getting Kyrie. Oh, Jesus. I think that would have been perfect. Yeah. Wait, Porzingis for Kyrie? No, no. I mean, like, I would love that as part yeah. of, you know, coming no, no, back no. to the Cavs. But, like, if you could have got Kyrie as, like, I know. the other piece face with of the Porzingis, Knicks, I know. Yeah. It would have been sweet. I would have been on board with that. Dude, yes. Yeah, I know. All right. A couple noteworthy things just from around the league this week. Um, did you read that, by any chance, that Markel Fultz piece? Uh, in the Philly voice. Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't read it, but I've been seeing a lot of yeah. stuff around about the weirdness with him. Do you have any thoughts on Markel Fultz? Like, just like what's been going on with him over the last six months? I was at Summer League over the summer, um, and I saw him play. He looked great, uh, explosive. I was so high on him as a draft pick. Like, I was totally on board. I thought he should have been. I thought he should have been the number one overall pick, and. All of a sudden, like he started just changing his free throw form in September, and then it looked it started getting really, really weird looking. Like Bigfoot style, like sightings of Markel Fultz were popping up on the internet, and um, and then there was allegedly like a shoulder injury, and then he stopped playing, and no one's like seen him since. And it's just I I can't remember anything like this in. NBA history, like where a player completely loses the ability to like shoot a basketball. Um, some things I've seen around is that he's just straight up afraid of being in the NBA, um, which Crazy. is really, really tragic. Um, not completely off mark. Like it could be like a, a Greg Oden kind of thing yeah. or, and then I don't know how you explain Anthony Bennett, but yeah, man, That's it a- just goes to show. Yeah. Like he was the number one pick, wasn't he? Yeah, Anthony Bennett was this the number year? one pick. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, yeah, Fultz dude. this year. Oh, Fultz was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he. It, that could just happen. Like he might just go the way of picks like that. Of that Anthony made, Bennett. Yeah, it's just you know maybe it's just a totally different show when you get to the NBA and like every so would, often. Why would you change? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, why would you change the way you shoot? Like. Uh, you know, like that's literally the thing that got you drafted with as the number one pick was like your ability to shoot the basketball. Yeah, that certainly helps. I would think. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I will, I guess just have to keep an eye on it. Maybe, you know, that Philly team's really interesting. Maybe he just like, isn't gelling with them either personally or just like, he might just be afraid. Yeah. I to think play NBA right, basketball. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. I feel real. I feel very bad. I feel really, really bad, but it's just, it's fascinating from a, just like a fan standpoint. Um, real quick, give me a thought, uh, rookie of the year. So I, I feel like the, uh, the consensus opinion has been, um, that it's Ben Simmons's award, like from the first week of the season, everyone's like, Oh, Ben Simmons is the rookie of the year. Do you think Don, have you been watching Donovan Mitchell? I just recently have caught. Yeah. I think 
dude. I think that's the like real deal NBA fans choice. Like Ben Simmons right. doesn't make sense, but he but he kind of like he's he's really promising and, and good and like doing everything people thought he would do. But like he seems a little too entitled to it. Yeah, that I'm almost like I I almost feel like the pretentious choice is better <laughs> in this case. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't imagine we'll regret that in like ten years when like Ben Simmons is like being enshrined in the Hall of Fame and Donovan yeah, Mitchell's yeah, the, like a sixth man or something. But, I realize that it is a very pretentious uh, <laughs> choice, but I don't know. Maybe no, maybe I, it's not just Ben Simmons to take. I just feel like um, like Ben Simmons has been phenomenal. His stats are like off the charts. You know, I read something today like he for points, rebounds, and assists. Like a rookie hasn't averaged this many points, rebounds, and assists since like Magic Johnson or something. So it's like okay, great. He's ob- yeah, he's like obviously like once in a generation, whatever it is. But I just feel like from um, a winning standpoint, Donovan Mitchell is probably doing as much for his team as Ben Simmons is for his team with like lesser parts and like a lesser surrounding cast. And also Mitchell hasn't had the benefit of like watching his team play for a year from the sidelines. True. So I don't know. I think there's a case to be made for Donovan Mitchell. Um, I'm getting a lot of pushback I, I will... on that from friends though. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm on boardish with it, but I will offer you also option C. Okay, Chetty Osman. <laughs> you know I'm all in on Chetty. You know I'm in love with that Turk. As as most of the internet should be. Um, I I kind of feel like it's going to be looked at as pretty underrated. How like he's been such a part of like the season turning around over the yeah, past man. week, just kind of like plugging him in. Like, okay, you're an NBA player now. I love and the energy. Obviously. Obviously, we, can we talk about? Did you see his blown dunk? No, wait, what? He, oh my God, it, it somehow made him 10 times more likable. He had a wide open dunk. Uh, yeah. I think it was in the Boston game. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the Boston game, and he blew it. Oh, Jesus. And people loved him even more for it. Like, like LeBron came up and, you know, like, congratulated, like, it's all right, you know, like, yeah. it, it's, a, it's all about effort, pretty much. Oh, um, my God. And it was a really enduring moment. And, and it was just it was so meaningless at that point of the game but yeah like i said it's somehow screwing up and made him more likable and that's of course that's that's a star right there yeah 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 all right real quick um so this podcast is called on the line we uh we talk gambling buying and selling stocks so um i'm gonna give you a couple teams a couple teams around the league and i want to know if you're buying or selling stocks so obviously um lebron and the Cavs. i have a feeling that you're buying stock right they're two and oh since Um, the trades went down I'm always all in. I would still be all in on the Cavs of course. Uh, if they made extremely minor moves. I, I never never hit the panic button. Give me a quick sell on why. You'd say they're 2-0 since the trades look, went down and we're buying stock because they look more athletic. They're playing harder on defense. They just younger legs. They look hungrier, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they have LeBron James. <laughs> Doesn't hurt. And I, and I believe they will for the rest of time. So are you buying or selling stock on the Utah Jazz? These guys, so these guys have won 10 in a row. I personally think they can make a run at the eighth seed in the West. Um, I was watching their game the other night and like apparently Jonas Jerebko, who was a, a teammate of Jay Crowder's on the Celtics a year or two ago, is like in love with him. Said he's like the greatest teammate he's ever had. And the Utah Jazz, like Quinn Snyder, they're really fired up to to integrate Jay Crowder into the offense. So what do you think? You buying or selling stock on these guys? Ricky Rubio's new 
dude sleep look this season yeah. yeah yeah he looks like he's been on warp tour for four months <laughs> i mean right, i I'm... guess i'm buying i think <laughs> <laughs> they've always been a pretty likable team yeah i i'm very indifferent to jay crowder um i have nothing but love for isaiah thomas yeah um i it's unfortunate his time on my favorite team went the way it did i choose i will choose Wait, to remember Cavs fan, fans kind of hate jay crowder right wasn't wasn't there a feeling that like he wasn't like playing very hard and was kind of like a sourpuss yeah i was on but you know i wished him the best until this weird stuff with kevin love started coming out like he he stepped over him when he fell and stuff like that and was just apparently really disrespectful to you know nba champion kevin love and i i can't stand for that um, champion kevin love yeah. yeah, Cleveland legend Kevin Love shall not be disrespected. All right, so you're you're. It sounds like you're cautiously buying Jazz stock. I, as much as I do any season where they get in with the AFC, I had friends last year that said they were going to beat the Warriors, and I was like, I would never come anywhere near that stocking them. But they're they're fine. Yeah, I think yeah. they're a fine team. All right, um, the Milwaukee Bucks are eight and two since firing Jason Kidd. Joe Prunty has taken over as head coach. It seems like he's simplified their defense. I am sure I'm buying stock. I mean, I kind of think the Bucks are one of these teams that could give the Cavs some trouble in the playoffs. I know you'll tell me I'm crazy, so go ahead and tell me I I'm will. crazy. But, like, I mean, I don't know. The Greek freak can't get insanely hot during the playoffs. They can't give a, the Cavs a run for their money? No, not this year. I think <laughs> uh, they're a couple years off, yeah. and I, I hope Gianna stays on that team do, do people say the g the, how do how do you pronounce it i think Giannis? it's Gian- Giannis. like okay y- like, i'm sticking like, with Giannis with a, with a y but you're going Giannis. <laughs> i'm, I'm wait, going wait, Giannis. Wait, look if we're talking nba pronunciation of names can we can we just spend a minute on chetty osman like uh, that's it i dude but why can't it be seti isn't that name spelt c-e-d-i isn't that seti like to, to the naked eye that i i mean tell me i why are we calling him Chetty Osman? Yeah. Well, one, I'm I'm assuming it's because that's how it's actually said. But I <laughs> called him Seti for the longest time. Like, dude, and FYI, I I only called him Seti because you told me his name was Seti, and you you've yeah. been singing the praises of Seti. I've I've heard about Seti Osman for like two years now, all through you. And you're like, they have this guy. He's gonna come over to the Cavs and change everything. He's a Turkish LeBron. His name is Seti well, Osman. I definitely he certainly looks more like an indie rocker than an NBA player and always has right my okay so my theory on the pronunciation is I finally heard LeBron say it out loud and he said Chetty yeah and I think maybe it just changed because well LeBron calls him Chetty so So we're all gonna call him that too yeah it's very possible yeah yeah um all right OKC they're four and six in their last 10 they got destroyed versus LeBron the Cavs the other night uh and they they had Russ and they had Melo playing in the game I don't know. You buy and sell in stock. I kind of, for me, this one is kind of like a push, you know, like I think they're, they're a team that's built for the playoffs. They're going to take some time to figure things out. They're going to have these like mid season lulls and I'm not totally concerned about OKC. What about you? I think they get away with too much. I think they get away with a lot of stuff. The Cavs can't get away with when it comes to like, like these kind of like losing streaks. It just doesn't seem like they get the same criticism for being, a team with three yes. superstars. Yes. Um, but they're fun to watch. Man. They're fun to I mean, watch. Russ is always fun to watch. I like Mello on a good team again. I think also um, like as fans, let's be real. And you're, you're a super fan of the Cavs. So I don't know if you can totally appreciate what I'm saying, but I think as like, 
an NBA fan, I root for the Knicks. I don't have a ton of skin in the game as far as competitive basketball goes. We need these like foil teams. You know, like yeah. we need a team we need teams to believe that like, oh, maybe they can give the the Oklahoma's uh, maybe they can give the Warriors a, a run for their money or maybe this team can unseat LeBron or maybe this team could unseat LeBron's heat or you know, like we need these like glimmers of hope, these reasons to believe because when these super teams form up, usually they're so much better than everyone else. You know, yeah. it's just, it just seems like impossible. So I don't know. I'm not, um, I'm not really concerned about the thunder. I think they'll be fine. I think they, I think there's a small chance. I'm going to go ahead and say this. They could beat the warriors in the playoffs. I think <laughs> up. Really? I honestly, I think Dude, Steven I'm, Adams, I'm with Steven you. Adams and Paul George X factors. I want I you to be right. I'm not saying it will happen. I want I'm you to be right. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to be right. Um, all right, let me uh, let me throw a couple of uh, a couple things at you here. So, I'm curious, looking at the East and West standings, about the uh, like the bottom seeds, the six through eight seeds, and I'm curious, in your opinion, if any of these teams can make a run. So, currently in the East, the six, seventh, and eighth seeds are the Pacers, 76ers, and Heat. And I'm wondering if you think any of those teams are vulnerable. And if maybe the Pistons, Hornets, Knicks, Bulls, or someone else can get involved in the playoffs. I think I somehow like the Pistons better than all three of those. Dude, doesn't, doesn't not make, like, how are the Hornets that bad? The Hornets are 23 and 33. I mean, Kemba Walker, Dwight Howard, uh, uh, the French guy, Nicholas Batum, um, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, they should be better than they are, right? Marvin Williams. I don't understand why they're this like bad yeah and i i want the blake griffin pistons to be something resembling successful and philly's still too young and like kind of cocky i think um dude the indiana pacers are the sixth seed and the charlotte hornets so are the annoying. tenth seed and and like the indiana pacers yeah. have a better record than the detroit pistons and the pistons yeah. have andre drummond and blake griffin and the pistons have uh, and the pacers have oladipo and uh, uh, the, the Sabonis kid, like I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, they're they're a very annoying team that I think like probably wins a game against the Cavs in the playoffs. The, and it's, the Pacers, it's yeah, totally. You worried at all about the Wizards? No. Do they kind of hate each other? Are you hearing that stuff on the internet that like I think so. maybe John I think Wall is kind of an asshole? Don't sleep on John Wall on the Cavs this summer. Oh baby, wait. Do you I'm have throwing in, that out there? Do you have intel? I don't. <laughs> Just the the clutch. Factor. It's the clutch. It's the clutch and connection. I, I think he might. He does sound really salty towards that team. Um, I know he can't, it'd have to be a trade because he he signed a pretty lucrative deal. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I. I mean, it, whether it's Dan Gilbert or whoever, like. It, it's just funny money to whoever's making these deals. Like sure. I, I wouldn't sleep on them somehow getting John Wall. Sure. Sure. Um, all right, let's look at the West or, uh, I'm, I'm, again, I'm concerned about like the low rung seeds, the nuggets, the trailblazers and the Pelicans are the sixth through eighth seeds. Do you think the Clippers, jazz Lakers, Suns, anyone, can anyone get involved in those final few playoff seeds? Mm, uh, no, I don't think so. You don't think I, the jazz it, can make a run? Maybe the jazz. Yeah. I'll give, I'll give the jazz. They, they can sneak in. I Pelicans are one of my favorite Dude, uh, teams that, that, and it was terrible about Boogie. Um, I would love to see man. them make. Yeah, I would love to see them uh, keep Anthony Davis. I'm worried. 
I'm worried. I'm worried about that franchise. I'm worried. I I, I kind of hope they pay Cousins and try to run it back, you know, because they, they looked good. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what they have. Are they both free agents this summer? Cousins no, and Davis? No, uh, Dav- Davis is locked up, but it's. I think it's just a matter of, like, can they keep – can they keep him happy and can they keep him convinced that like they're on the right track? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's talk, let's talk Vegas odds gambling. So <clears throat> let's just play imaginary money. Um, right now the, uh, the bookmakers in Vegas are saying the golden state warriors are the odds on favorite to win the NBA finals. Um, do you like odds? F- do you like any of these other odds? So the Cavs are at five to one, meaning if you throw a buck down and they win, you get five bucks in return. You interested? Yes. Cavs five to one. Yes. Can I interest you in what about the Houston Rockets at twelve to one? That to me is twelve to one. Yeah, dude, twelve to one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe it's still that absurd that's a yeah man like i that is disrespectful to a team that kind of just like has this weird system or just clobbering team like they could they could possibly i'm not saying they will but i've yeah i would take them in a, in a possibly in a series against the warriors especially if the warriors aren't totally healthy which it seems like they will be um i don't know the rockets are just tough yeah well I'm looking at this website. These are uh, these are definitely pretty outdated odds. Uh, <laughs> these are like from the summer before they realized how good the, the Rockets were going to be. Um, I'm still kind of interested in maybe Oklahoma City at 25 to 1. Uh, that to me is like, yeah, man, if I got 10 bucks, 10 bucks to potentially win 250, I'm throwing down. Yeah, Um I know I, I kind of I kind of already said that I think they could beat the Warriors. I just don't know if uh <laughs> dude no one has any chance. No one's got any chance. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's it's optimistic, but um, um All right. I, I I here's the thing. I feel better about the Thunder somehow beating the Warriors than I do about them winning everything and that's not just I would say that if they were in the finals against Boston yeah, even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh so um, this podcast, this podcast is going to come out on Friday and we are headed into all-star weekend. I mean, do you, do you give a crap at all about the all-star game? Or like, do you watch these things? Do you watch any of the events? I do. Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited. One it's, it's in Los Angeles. So there's oh, a lot of like right. local hype going on. Yeah. Um, I saw it, Adidas is setting up this big thing at the old American apparel warehouse. It looks really cool. Dude, my friend um, is going. Yeah. A friend's mine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's cool that like, I've never like it was in Cleveland when I was like a kid, but like I've never been around so much like hype for it. And I think the new format's really cool. I think like it, we're in such an exciting time when you have stars like LeBron and Steph Curry that are the faces of the league, and they just put together. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, kind of banged up teams at this point, but they put together insanely interesting teams. LeBron more so more so than Steph, but. I think it's kind of evened out with all the injuries, unfortunately, on Team LeBron. But yeah, I'm actually more, way more excited to watch this year. Last year, the most exciting thing that happened was Boogie getting traded oh, to New right. Orleans. Well, right in New Orleans, that was that was like pro wrestling shit. You interested in the slam dunk contest? So we have uh, the participants in the slam dunk contest are Oladipo, Larry Nance, Dennis Smith, and Donovan Mitchell. You got a dog in the fight? Oh, 
I would love to. You're going Nance. I do. You're a homer. You're going Nance. I would have anyway. I would have went with him even if he was still a Laker. I think BS, man. Just you're just so you're, you're just all in on Larry Nance and, and Larry Nance Senior. By the way, is is that going to be a combo dunk? Uh, a combo dunk between uh, the father and son? I would love to see that. Uh, like almost like a what is it? Uh, Dirty Dancing. What movie is it? <laughs> yeah, Dirty Dancing. The Patrick like him yeah. like, like Larry Nance Senior like <laughs> lifting up Junior. Um, there's a, there's an iconic photo that surfaced of Larry Nance senior holding up a baby, uh, Larry Nance jr. Dunking that. Yeah. They got to recreate that. I am gonna, I, I, I got to bail, but before I let you go, um, I try to end these, uh, these podcasts with a quick little piece of trivia here. So you being a Cavs fam, there's a little game called who am I? You ready? So, um, Tony, who am I? I spent my entire seven year career with the Cavs. I retired in uh, the mid-90s. I think it was around 1994. Oh, no. I, I averaged 19 points, 9.5 rebounds, and 3.7 assists. Who am I? Seven years in the league? Seven years, all with the Cavs. There were seven great years. Man, I don't know. I can't, think it, I can't pinpoint whose career was that short. Um, let, me, let me hear it, though. I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. Brad Doherty. Seven years, Brad Doherty was only in the league seven years. Yep. Quick. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I was going to go with that, but that seemed like way too because I knew he was he spent the whole time with the Cavs. But yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. There it is. All right, man. Listen, I got a bail. Um, thanks so much for talking. I appreciate it. I am uh, I'm excited to see the Cavs in the second half of the season. I I, I think that they uh, the team's going to gel a little bit. So. We will uh, we'll touch base with you at some point in the next you know couple weeks. I'm curious to have you back on, and let's see how the team does. Sounds good, man. All right, good talking, Tony. Take care. You All too. Right, bye. All right, that was the conversation with Tony Hartman. Tony, thanks so much for uh, hopping on, and uh, looking forward to hearing how the Cavs uh, do the rest of the season. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, this is On the Line. We will talk to you next week.